greatest show on earth. It's M-Class Email. That's the one. <laughs> it's the best one. Hopefully this show doesn't suck this time because I really oversold it. I mean, I don't think you oversold it. Oh, you think I undersold it? Yeah. <laughs> and we're the best at everything, so obviously. Yeah, we're the greatest. Uh, on this show, we read your email, we answer it. That's pretty simple. Sometimes I read funny voices, because fictional characters write in a lot. I don't know why. They're real to me, damn it. <laughs> real to me, damn it. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Josh. George. George. <laughs> um... Uh, this week we got plenty of emails from plenty of fun folks, so let's hop right in. Let's go. Let's do it. With our let's first start email. With, starting with the first one? That's We're, bold. I know. It's a bold move for me. <laughs> uh, this is from Flesh Colored Ranger, <laughs> uh, which is still gross. Um, it's super gross. He titled his email, Butts. Oh, less gross. Now that I have your attention. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. A friend of mine just gave me her entire physical media collection. People are just throwing this stuff away. Is that a euphemism? Anyway, <laughs> it contained a complete Blu-ray box set of the first six Trek films, which I already own. Nice. So I'm offering it up to Josh or Jeff, if either if you want it, or you can use it as a prize on the podcast. I'll cover I don't have shipping. A, I don't have a Blu-ray player. I don't watch physical media. Oh, and maybe don't read this on the show? Jeff is reading this line out loud right now, isn't he? God damn it, I hope he's not doing a voice. Signed, Flesh Colored Range. <laughs> Give him a voice. <laughs> God damn it, I hope he's not doing a voice. Oh, God damn it, I hope he's not doing a voice. Signed, Flesh Colored Ranger. <laughs> it's just my skin, it's not even a suit. Um, I like having a prize on the podcast of like a Blu-ray box set of the first six Trek films sounds pretty fucking dope. We could do that. We could give it away. It's true. We'll do something for that. Hit me up on uh, yeah, yeah. Twitter, dude. Hit me in DMs with that. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I I mean I would like them. I just don't I don't watch. I already I don't have, have it. I don't do Blu-rays or stuff like that. So I already have it. I got it as like a Christmas present. I get my uh, all my movies from the Getting Place. Yeah, I understand completely. <laughs> so, uh, thanks thanks for that email. <laughs> Our next email is from Boston Sean Dupree. Oh, no. <laughs> who says, I fin- the title is, I Finished Enterprise. Oh, great. Uh, Trek Boys. Hi. Say it, Josh. Trek Boys. Trek Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Enterprise here, mostly. See? That was a cool mostly. show. I've never fucking... Anyway, that was a cool show. It's done now. Minor weird spoilers ahead. Am I supposed to believe that Riker was watching the whole show or just the yeah. last episode? I don't... I mean, I think it's just the last. I, I don't it think it's just the last episode. It's not a, it's not a St. Elsewhere in the, in the snow globe type thing. It's open to interpretation, but I'm going to interpret it in the least stupid way possible. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's not... Why would he watch the entire... That's he has crazy. shit to do. <laughs> He's a busy commander. He needs to go do his job. What a strange way to finish, but I suppose the staff realized this was to be the last Star Trek for a while. Yeah, they know. Anyway, you guys want to play a game? Uh, 
do I know the rules? If I don't know the rules, then I don't want to play it. <laughs> I'm going to make this easy. The answers will be in my next email. The name okay. of the game is Star Trek or Starman. Is the title <laughs> the- I'm about to give you a Star Trek episode, a David Bowie song, or something I made up? <laughs> Let's play. All right, that's not bad. Uh, number one, A Better Future. Actually, I'm going to uh, score this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so we just the answers are in a separate email. So yeah, we just said on the other episode that we're not great with Star Trek titles. True, because there's I'm so many. I'm definitely gonna score this though. I don't think I'm gonna do very well. That's fine. I was gonna put J, but then I realized that's both of us. So I'm J E yeah. and you're J O. <laughs> <laughs> like jerk off. Yeah, because it's what you are. Anyway, number one. <laughs> that's what I do a lot. Number one. I'm doing a it right now. <laughs> Is that uh, a Star Trek episode or not? David Bowie. Okay. It's a David Bowie. I'll put DB for you. A better future, I'm going to say Star Trek episode. Okay. Two. Okay. Nothing to be desired. <sighs> oh, man. David Bowie. I'm going to say David Bowie on this one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm going to be real dumb. I know. I, this is going to be very disappointing for us. We were just we were just saying that like we're not great at the titles, and here oh, we are. I know this one. Three. What are little girls made of? You know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> I think it's Star Trek. <laughs> like a first, like a TOS, right? Yeah. Yeah. For through these architects' eyes, I think that's a David Bowie. Yeah, I don't think that's a Star Trek either. Is that David Bowie or did he make it up? Uh, I'm gonna say he made it up. I'm gonna. I don't know. I, again, with David Bowie, I'm not. I don't. I don't celebrate all of the Bowie, so I don't know. I don't. I don't know the titles of a lot of David Bowie songs. I like David Bowie a lot, but yeah, I do too. But I just don't know. Yeah. Um, number five, Samaritan Square. I think that's for sure a David Bowie. Yeah, I'll go David Bowie too. Six wishful beginnings. I'm gonna say Star Trek. Yeah, me too. We're gonna all just do this now. <laughs> just do the one I do every time. <laughs> well, like it makes sense though, because yeah. I'm thinking similarly to you. Like we're similar dudes. Yeah. Uh, seven Planet of Dreams. That's David Bowie for sure. Okay, it's, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Star Trek just to be different. Okay, all right. I see. Actually, I'm gonna do made up. Oh, you can make these up, too, which is like a third wrinkle that I hate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stop at eight. How many are there? Ten. Okay. I've run out of space on the paper. That's, <laughs> uh, that's the worst. What? <laughs> eight. Renaissance man. I'm going to uh, say that's Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. Okay. And before we get the answers, he finishes out the email by saying, was that too easy or maybe just uninteresting? Sorry. I'll crown the winner, Alpha Trek Boy. <laughs> Talk to you later, boss. Who gave Sean. you that power? Apparently, he's in charge. Boss first, first of all, like here's the thing about that whole competition: half of it has nothing to do with Star Trek. Okay, so uh, number one, a better future is David Bowie. So you got that one. Okay. Number two. Nothing to be desired is David Bowie. We both got that one. Yeah. Number three, what little girls are made of is from TOS. We both got that one. Yep. I just, yep. Number four, 
architect's eyes is David Bowie. I got that one. What did I say? He made it he up. He made it up. Five, Samaritan Square is actually from TNG. We both got that one wrong. Good. <laughs> Six, Wishful Beginnings is David Bowie. We both got that one wrong. Yes. Seven, Planet of Dreams is a David Bowie song. You got that one right. Yeah, I think I know that one. And eight, Renaissance Man is Star Trek. So I think we're even. Yeah, we evened out. Uh, looks like we're both king of queens or one, whatever two, he says. <laughs> one, two, three. Wait, I got one, two, three, four. You got one, two, three, four, five. You won. I'm the king of queens. You're the alpha trek boy. Yay. I know things. <laughs> Josh guessed best. <laughs> Pretty much. Our next email <laughs> is uh, from Lieutenant Commander Charles Harvey. Okay. Uh, it's greetings from the USS Crossheart. Cool name. Uh, I've been given stage direction. Oh, my. Of a non-condescending British accent, like a Brit who likes you. <laughs> um, I kind of think all British accents are condescending, to be honest with you. Like, is that oh, like... Oh, it's me, I'm a British boy. Greetings, Trek boys. My name is Lieutenant Commander <laughs> Charles Harvey, sending you a transmission during me last hours on Earth. <laughs> My new ship, an intrepid-class vehicle known as the USS Crossheart, (laughs) currently spends its days... I'm like, I'm going in and out of three separate accents here. Dude, you are nailing it. It's tough, though. I got English, I got Australian, and I'm going like New York City. Now you're going Bronx. You're going Bronx here. (laughs) Greetings, Trek boys. My name is (laughs) Lieutenant Commander Charles Harvey, sending you a transmission during my last hours on Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. My new ship, an intrepid-class vehicle known as the USS Crossheart, currently spends its days patrolling the neutral zone as part of the Federation's ongoing efforts to ensure peace with our Romulan neighbors. Nice. And I've been assigned to it. Things have been relatively silent out here, especially after the Dominion War. While (laughs) extremely grateful to the Romulans for their assistance during the war, some representatives within Starfleet are still worried about their intentions. Including me. What? My captain, Emily Harker, is a seasoned veteran and wise to Romulan trickery. So I do go forward knowing I'm in good hands. <laughs> I love I su- his voice. I suppose what with this being... I suppose what this has been building towards is a question. Yeah. Do you all have any advice for me as someone who has never dealt with Romulans... And what I should do in both non-violent and violent altercations with them. Thank you in advance. Yours truly, Lieutenant Commander Charles Harvey. Oh, man. Well, being a dick scientist, I would say go for the dick. Mm. I think It's they a have weak one. spot on a lot of creatures. <laughs> yeah. They have one dick, I think, until uh, another one of JJ's cronies makes them have two dicks. True. Uh, in non-violent altercations, also go for the dick. Yeah, go for the emotional But in a dick. good way. Yeah. Go Grab for the him. dick in a friendly way. Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe uh, not. Uh, <laughs> stay away from anyone named uh, 
to pawn. No, wait. What's uh, got to Poteen. Poteen. I forget. Poteen, uh, from what I understand, uh, being an ignoramus that was put on this satellite because I'm terrible at my job, I'm not really the best guy to talk about it. Sure. But uh, for what I understand, he's been kidnapped by the Romulan High Command because he tried to get his dick wet. And they yeah. don't like that. I mean, just let the guy fuck Kathy, man. <laughs> I wish, like, I wish you know, for him. This dude needs to get laid. He's a pent-up, green-blooded weirdo. He is a green-blooded weirdo. I don't know if that has anything to do with his lack of love in his life or not, but he was well, real head over heels for this lady, and they didn't like that. No, they they do not like it. Which, um, I mean, once you go to Ryza, though, like, oh, man. When she go to Ryza, there's no going back. That's what they say. Yeah, go to Ryza to get a Ryza in your that's dick a, that's area. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. Go to Ryza to get a Ryza. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Ryza on Ryza. <laughs> Horgon, I hardly knew gone. <laughs> We'll we'll workshop it. We're gonna workshop it every. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll te- we'll test market them. I would say in nonviolent situations, be very wary. Not to be a spacist or anything, but Romulans are known for their trickery. Yeah, keep keep pay attention. Look around. If you see something, say something. Stop. Look and listen. Stop. Drop and roll. Stop. Drop. Set them up, open up shop. Open up shop. Hey-oh. Whoa. That's how Romulans roll. (laughs) You know Eve is from Philly? (laughs) Get on the floor. Everybody walk the dinosaur. (laughs) I hope these words of wisdom bring you some comfort out there on the edge of our neutral zone. Thanks for keeping us safe. Yeah. We're just up here dicking around in a satellite. You're out there yeah. doing the real work. Yeah, literally. I'm literally dicking around. Like, all I'm day, this dude is just dicks. All looking day. Looking at dicks. Looking at my own dick. This dude has so many mirrors that are specifically just for looking at his own dick. It's like uh, it's like a, a S&M uh, dressing room in my room. <laughs> S&M dressing room? <laughs> yeah, like in a dressing room you have all these mirrors, but mine has like straps that you can like really look at stuff. It's got straps that you can put on your dick. Yeah, to like lift the dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for that email, Lieutenant Commander. Hopefully the voice I gave you is satisfactory, because if not, I'm just going <laughs> to keep doing it from now on. So I thought it was good. You should probably get used to it. Just I didn't saying. find him I didn't find him to be obnoxious, so Our next email is mm-hmm. a long time out. It's Steve. It's Steve everybody. Steve. Steve's back. He has entitled his email M class email spring is in the air. Oh, we got to talk about fucking. Spring is in the air. Everywhere you look around. I hate that song. Ah. Anyway, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> ah, you don't know. <laughs> Spring is in the air, and I wanted to ask what you guys thought of all the weird or just plain unusual pairings over the years in Trek history. Okay. We don't count Spock and Uhura in the Abrams universe because obviously the whole thing is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I agree with this. Thank you. Uh,. Picard and Anji from Insurrection. That's the only thing that's weird about that one to me is like yeah. Anji seems to already have a husband. 
No, that's not her husband. I know. They just live together and have a son. That's his kid. That's her kid, I think. Uh, Troy and Worf, <laughs> I've never understood. I've never really? got that one. Is that you saying that, or is him saying it's that? It's me saying that. I've never really uh, understood why that became a thing. Yeah, I, 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 I'm fine with these, because, like, like, Star Trek is sort of free love-ish yeah. in a lot of ways, and, like, they're in relationships, but, like, they don't, they don't last, and that's fine, because, like, they're both, like, fine with that. It's, like, consensual not lasting, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's fine. It's just like, what are they really seeing each other, I guess? I guess Worf does have two dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's hard to stand up against for anybody else on board the Enterprise. Yeah, he's got a leg up or a dick up. Um, I guess, like, maybe she thought she could fix him. Like, the old standard psychi- yeah. psychiatrist. I he's, fix got, him move. he's got mommy issues. She's probably into that. Ugh. Um... <laughs> Riker and the non-binary alien we've talked about before as being, like, a real concerted effort to talk about gender issues. Yeah. And um, maybe not the right way to go about it. Yeah. I, I, but it was, I, a, it was like, its heart was 100% in the right place. Yeah. And I'm fine I, with it. I I'm give them <laughs> I give them, like, props for that, for sure. That they were, like, trying in fucking, like, 1992 or whatever to talk yeah. about that shit. Yeah. Uh, Riker and random junior officers. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> well, he he flirts with them, yeah, but I don't Riker know if he bangs non-Starfleet people all the time. He bangs Roe though. Remember when they get their memories wiped and like they're all like, "Where are we? Who are we?" And then like Roe like fucks the shit out of him. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. I guess well, she's an ensign, so she's a junior officer. Why wouldn't you fuck Riker? Oh my right? god! Why wouldn't you fuck either of them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I'm straight. Um, <laughs> I just noticed that I didn't say row, and I was like, "Well, I'll go with it. I'll get a joke out of that." <laughs> no, but I—I I mean, I agree. I agree, though. Yeah, yeah. Man. Like they're two very attractive people they're in the free e- love e- future. Yes. Of course, they're gonna fuck. They're both extremely attractive. Yes. Oh, this is like a joke. Riker and the junior officers. Riker and the turbo lift access panel. Riker. And the <laughs> When did he fuck the turbo lift? Look, Riker gonna Rike, okay? <laughs> Nobody's gonna fucking stop him. Riker gonna Rike. Chakotay and Seven of Nine was was forced Horrible. by contractual agreement, so Horrible. it's very forced. It's horrible. That's the. It's horrible. It's so fucking stupid. Fucking I hate Robert it. Beltran. What a power move! If you want what to stay fucking, on the show, what a dickwad! It is a massive cock face. Like if you want me to stay on the show, you gotta write me in a love story with Seven of Nine because she's hot as hell. It's it's super scummy. Like that's he's fucking so smoking a cigar at the same time. She's hot as hell. She's hot as hell. And the agent's like, "I'm on it, Bobby." <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that was fucking. That's it was the like worst. it derailed any sort of like development Seven of Nine had gotten up into yeah, that point. Like there she, was a real heavy like Seven of Nine the Doctor thing going on. Yeah, there was that, and like Robert Beltran, I always thought was sort of this like fatherly like like calm, quiet guy. Like he didn't really like I get like like if the actor didn't think he was getting a lot of uh, story, but like for the show, like it worked, like because the mom is Janeway, and he's the dad. But he's the dad who goes to work and, like, you don't see him all day. He's the daddy. 
And then he comes home and he just goes, and it was Dan, and you're like, oh, that's my dad. <laughs> yeah, he just lives in the den, I guess. Yeah, he, does, yeah, he doesn't do anything in the house. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Um, and the piece de resistance, Harry Kim and Kess slash Tom Paris's daughter in an alternate timeline. What? Tom Paris and Kess have a baby named Linus, who Harry marries when she grows up, which, oh, thanks to her Ocumpenside, right. occurs at an accelerated rate, like two years. Yeah, that's fucked up. Marrying not only his best friend's daughter, but a girl who hasn't actually lived the numbers of years her physical form portrays is just gross all around, especially since he probably knew her as an infant. Yeah. It's unbelievably (laughs) fucked up and weird. Yeah, it wouldn't be weird. Um, I'm going to try to tiptoe around what I'm about to say and make it not creepy, because I don't Mm, think it is. I'm going to sit down and watch. Yeah, watch me stumble over (laughs) what I'm about to say. It wouldn't be weird if she was some random Ocompan... Because that's their lifespan, right? That's, that and, makes sense. I mean, that's the yeah. whole Neelix cast thing. Like, right. That's just... It's, it's Neelix isn't involved, so it's inherently way less weird. So. Right, right. But but since he knows her as a baby, that's super fucked up. Yeah, it's really fucked yeah. up. It's like, <laughs> at two years of age for an accompan, she's like an adult. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's some fucking, like, anime shit. Like, she looks like a little girl, but she's a thousand years old. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not trying to talk about any of that shit. <laughs> That's for another podcast. So what is it about Trek writers that makes makes them basically incapable of writing a nice romance amongst the cast? Do you think it's because fanboys slash girls become turned off on a character if they're with someone? P.S. Uh, me love you long time. Signed, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they're incapable. I just think the show isn't about that. And it's like it's like the Roddenberry thing. Like, super conflicts within the cast shouldn't happen. And so, so shouldn't love affairs in certain ways, right? Yeah, I mean, like, there are relationships portrayed in Star Trek. I mean, like... Worf and Jadzia is a very stable Worf and Jadzia, relationship. Yeah. Like uh the like O'Brien and Keiko is like a very normal ass married yeah. relationship. I was gonna say like Torres and Paris too, or oh, it's yeah. very, very sitcom y normal, right? Oh, like, yeah. And I mean they always do that will they won't they shit with him with Picard and Crusher. Yeah, that's always there, yeah. And they're always like building back around to the idea of Riker and Troy that keeps coming up. Yeah, then they get married in the end. Yeah. So, so I yeah. mean, it's not that they're incapable. It's just that, like, I don't know. That's not the, really the point of the show. The show is not about that. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not about any of that. And it's like, this was from a time before like every television show had to have a split where like it's half about the subject of the television yeah. show and half about the relationships. Yeah. Like the romantic relationships in it. Hmm. Um, there were shows like that, but it wasn't necessary to be like that. But now it is. You can't make a show and not have it be about who's sleeping with who as well. Yeah, people love the voyeuristic sleep. Who's sleeping with who? Shit. Like it reminds me of like how unimportant it was, even to shows where it was part of it. Where yeah. like in Saved by the Bell, they make this big fucking show of the fact that Zach falls in love with Lisa, 
in one yeah. episode, and yeah. they end up together at the end of it, and, and then, then in the nothing. next episode, everything <laughs> yeah. is back to completely fucking normal. Yeah, yeah. That's it what I, doesn't I, even matter. <laughs> that's kind of like what what fascinates me about Star Trek from like a sexual point of view is like, w- would it matter? Like we're looking at it from like our cultural mores and social mores and stuff mm-hmm. like where today we're like most people not everyone but most most i don't want to even say most people but lots of people sort of still are like one person for everybody you know what i mean and mm-hmm. like there are people who aren't like that at all and and star trek is much more like uh open like the, the characters in star trek live in a world that's much more open sexually oh, and yeah. like you could just have pleasure like that without it ruining your life. It's just a fact of life as well. It's like yes. nobody is obsessed with it in the right. way people are today. Like right. sex is this like thing that uh and like free sex is this idea that like people act like is repugnant, but they're absolutely obsessed with it. Y- yes. They're obsessed yeah. with sex. Right. And nobody in the future is obsessed with sex. They just have it when they want to. Yeah, they just with who they want to, who also want to. Want to, right. And exactly. it's not even brought up as anything that's like you, for even commenting on. Everybody's why would perfectly you? normal with it. Why like why would you? Like uh, again, it's like once you go out in the stars and see like some of the shit that the characters in that show see, you don't give a shit. Who cares who's sleeping with who? Humanity has moved past that. It's very important who's sleeping with who when a giant space face (laughs) appeared yesterday and killed (laughs) half the crew. Yeah, but did you hear that Jenna's sleeping with... Oh, nobody's gonna know what that fucking thing... (laughs) Yeah, but Nagilam was here, man. Dude, who gives a fuck about what's happening in the quarters next to yours? Nagilam yeah. killed Tom. Yeah. I don't unless Jenna's sleeping with Nagilam, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and even then, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> oh, our man. next our next email is from Phantom Thief Goofus. Oh, uh, love that goofus. Oh, love that goofus. <laughs> It's entitled Space Jam. The movie? I hope. I've never seen it. Oops. Well, if it isn't my main squeeze. Wait, wrong podcast again. Ahoy, Trek boys. <laughs> Wait, what, what's the I other don't know pod- that podcast. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know that one either. How you doing? Great. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Have you emotionally recovered from my last email? Hopefully. I'm going to remember it. I remember it. <laughs> Ready for my peyotes? Well, too bad I don't have any. Sorry, buds. Damn! Wow! What a what a fucking this is all over the place. up in here. Seriously, I do have a sci-fi question though. What's your favorite sci-fi aesthetic? Do you like fishbowl mm. helmets of Ray Punk? The rebellion of cyberpunk? The cool semi-magic of space fantasy? Personally, yeah. I can't really choose. Although I wouldn't kick space westerns out of bed. Shine on, you crazy Trek boys. Signed, Phantom Thief, FTG Goofus, captain and founder of Cool Crimes, Inc., with a little ghost emoji. Super cool. What's your favorite, Jeff? God, I don't know if I can pick. Like, I love... There's so many. I love Ray Punk, like, the 1950s aesthetic of sci-fi. Like, I absolutely fucking love that. Yeah. But, like, Space Western might be my favorite. Like, Does Star Wars count as that? I feel like Star Wars sort of counts as that. Sort of. It's more like space fantasy, I think. Yeah, but, I but mean, the, then you yes. have like space fantasy, like Flash Gordon, right? And shit. 
Right. It's uh, like a mixture, I think. I don't know if I could pick one either. Lately, I've been uh, big into like the Moebius. Oh, like, fucking Mobius is like I've been yeah. looking and reading about Mobius shit for like weeks now. Yeah. We're on a similar wavelength. Yeah, I think. Pr- yeah. So like you know like Fifth Element and like just the the like ridiculousness. Like one of my favorite things in Fifth Element is like the little things like when he wins the contest and he has to hold up the ticket to the light to see oh, yeah. the ticket. Like why? Why would you do that? Right? Like it's just the future, baby. But it's the future, right? It's just the future. Yeah. It's uh, like space fantasy probably is my all time favorite like star wars obviously i I do love space fantasy like there's uh, my favorite style of sci-fi aesthetic like recently there's this comic that came out like years ago a few years ago called profit Mm -hmm. yeah that it starts with uh like a clone waking up out of a cloning thing and he basically goes on this like conan the barbarian style quest that's cool across like a, f- a sci-fi like desolate planet yeah full of like alien species that are like camped out there for like mineral mines and shit yeah and he's like trying to find this tower at the center of all of it and it's just so fucking amazing it's like that awesome. seems like it was drawn by mobius even for how crazy yeah. and wild it is there's so many things inspired by mobius or mobius whatever like so many things right yeah, it's and- just mobius this is the french spelling of like the mobius strip oh yeah 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 um i love it all i don't think like yeah. The, like, bog-standard sci-fi aesthetic of, like... I love Starship Troopers for, like, the ridiculousness of it. The movie? Yeah. For, like, how ridiculous <laughs> and fun and, like, yeah. the satire of it and stuff. Yeah. But that style of, like, future that we see all the time where everything is, like, black and, like... Uh, Gunmetal. Yeah. It's all very, like, s- modern-style... Um, uh, yeah. Military style, yeah. It's like updated, updated Humvees and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not big into that shit. Yeah, I don't like that either. Like, Like, uh, I really don't like the sci-fi future of humanity and like Avatar and shit. Avatar. I was just gonna say Avatar is exactly like that. I I hate that. It's 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 cheap. It's like easy. It's sort of like whatever. You know. I like when things have a little either like like Mobius like a little tweak. Everything's a little weird, right? Like, oh yeah. Or That's like, the thing I really love about Star Wars, specifically, yeah. is, like, um, the characters are humans, but um, they don't dress like people. They dress, right. like, weird. They have, like, clothes that are slightly weird and different than ours. Like, yeah. their shirts have, like, three buttons off to the side and, like, a flap. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Or their jackets have, like, weird ribs along the sleeves or something. Just stuff that makes it slightly different than anything, like, normal people have in this day and age. If you like that stuff, Jeff, you should look up the Old Republic art. It's um, it's amazing. Oh, dude, I love it. It is absolutely amazing. It's incredible. You're like, how did they fucking, like, make this look old, (laughs) but it's still Star Wars. It's, It's amazing to me how they, it's incredible. Like I, um, I love it. There's there's like the update of the Ray Punk style. Like there was a comic. God, I wish I could remember who wrote it. I know Doc Shaner did the art for mm-hmm. it. Um, let me look. The Doc Shaner, uh, Flash Gordon. There's like a Flash Gordon comic that came out not long ago. Uh, Jord, Jordy, B- Jeff Parker and Jordy Belair. Okay. okay. 
the it's like an update to that like the style of like Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah, few, like, like Barbarella, Barbarella e shit. Like and, I know Ray Punk's old, like super old, but yeah, like, it's like fucking amazing. I yeah. highly recommend that. Like Doc Shaner's one of my like favorite artists. And I That's highly cool. recommend that comic. It's, like, all self-contained and everything. I'm looking at some of this Ray Punk shit. It's so awesome. I <laughs> fucking love Ray Punk, dude. It's so ridiculous. It really is. It's, like, an aesthetic that would never work in the real world, but no. it's so fucking cool. It's otherworldly. Literally, like, otherworldly. Like, there's a cool pinup. Oh, I like this. It's a nice, is it like... the Barbarella pinup? It's, it's, like... No, I don't know what it is. It's, uh... Looks like just like a regular pinup, but like she's got like a bubble helmet and like a laser whip. <laughs> oh god, I just found that. That is really yeah, it's fucking cool. It's kind of cool, yeah. There's definitely like a, a heavy pinup style that yes. goes along with Ray the Punk, women, It's like really yeah. beautiful women in like bubble yeah. helmets. The women are super attractive blondes and yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a great aesthetic. Yeah, it's and cool. Like, that's like the real value of like the original Space Ghost cartoon. The f- like they made Space Ghost Coast to Coast, and that's the real value of it because the cartoon yeah. itself isn't that great, right? But it has this Ray Punk aesthetic to it that's really fucking cool. When yeah, I can watch it. If it was yeah. only drawn better, it's like every fucking like cartoon of that era. Everything from that time. If is If it was animated better, it yeah. would be amazing, but it's not. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But yeah, hopefully that answers your question. I guess the answer is all of them. Thanks for your question. <laughs> uh, our next question is uh, it's a little long, but I think I'll allow it to have to go. <laughs> I'll it's allow from, it, <laughs> Judge Reinhold yeah, over from, here. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. <laughs> it's from Raul Duke. Okay. Um, who says it's called "One Fun Space Winner" or "Why I'm Afraid of Loathing"? <laughs> okay. Hey, Josh Hendersnatch. That's that's me. And Jeff, King of the Rider Club, Pennington, aka <laughs> Trick Boys. I didn't. Why didn't you get a sex name? I don't know. He spelled Pennington wrong. <laughs> but penis. Peni- I would have gone with Jeff Peniston. Yeah, that works perfect, actually. <laughs> Um, he, he has a pause for applause in here. They have a pause for applause. Great, good. That's good. Oh, yeah. Hold sorry. Yeah, let me get in here. Captain Third String Raul Hunter S. Thompson Duke of the Space Colony Gonzo. What a name. You guys ever think about how Mark Summer and Mike O'Malley probably got stank on each other's hangdowns on the top of that aggro crag? <laughs> uh, me neither. Forget I said anything. Anyway... <laughs> I think about it now. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. Uh, pitch it or ditch it one from TNG. Okay. A plot. A band of cereals, uh, cereal splaying sporks. What? They're sporks like the utensil? Space orcs. What does cereal oh. splaying mean? Like they, do they kill, they splay out some cereals? Like cereal the, the food? Or like. Um, it's cereal like cereal killer. Oh, I guess they're serial killers then. A band of serial splaying sporks, aka Mm -hmm. space orcs, are hunting Federation captains for their adrenal glands, as the sporks believe the adrenal glands, when chewed, will bring them a state of incomparable euphoria. Is this a Futurama episode? It's the human horn, right? The human horn, yeah. Data says that, 
detail reminds him of something called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> Only Picard knows what he's talking about and asks him about the golf shoes. <laughs> like, this is so many... Re- I've never read Fear and Loathing Neither in Las I. Vegas. So I've never seen the film. I never either. saw the movie either, yeah. Uh, I like Hunter S. Thompson a lot, but I never read that book. Uh, B-plot, Wesley Crusher finally gives up on life and becomes a fuckboy, even though everyone else just wishes he would swallow a lethal amount of Romulan ale. Becomes a fuckboy? I don't and know. he does. <laughs> what? All rejoice, and it is good. <laughs> this email is a little difficult to read. I'm not gonna... To, not to, like, call anybody out, but, like, please, like, spell check your emails before you send them to me. <laughs> I'm looking like a real fucking putz out here right now. Fuckboy ten over here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. My penis then got out of control, and I'm <laughs> fucking it up. This boy has a ton of penis. Pitch it or ditch it to the animated series. Pitch it. Part one, A-plot. In a sequel to The Magics of Megas 2, the time warp again opens up. <laughs> the crew is startled, to say the least, when a talking bipedal humanoid duck-like creature by the name of Howard oh, arrives. Oh, no. Were we talking about him or something? Is we were. Was- oh, God. That's why. He befriends Satan and uses the powers of drugs and sex... <laughs> Drug and sex peddling to gain the control of every crew member except Sulu and Spock. Hijinks ensue. There is no (laughs) B-plot. That's the whole thing? Part Uh, two. Oh, man. I guess... Wait, we need to pitch or ditch this. Oh, uh... The TNG plot I'm going to pitch because Wesley dies. Sure. I was going to refrain because I don't want to encourage... He's got it bad enough. His, he's himself in life, so... It's true, but we wouldn't have had to watch him on the show anymore. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Alright, I'll pitch I'll pitch that one, and I'm gonna ditch <laughs> the Howard... I'm gonna ditch the Howard the Duck. I'm also gonna ditch the Howard the, the Duck. The Howard the Duck movie is, like, a super, like, uh, guilty pleasure of mine, but not because Dude, it's good. <laughs> it's not a guilty pleasure of mine. Like, I've told the story before where me and my friend tried to watch it and goof on it, and we were like... We ran out of shit to say. Yeah. We're sitting in silence, and we were like, "Wait, well, how much longer is left?" And it's, we were twenty minutes into the movie. It's one of those movies we had on tape as a kid, so like, it's it was like a th- on for us, you know. So, um, part two to the Magics of Megas two sequel, the A plot preamble text. In the previous episode, Spock and Sulu were spared when a duck-like humanoid creature and Satan <laughs> oh, incapacitated God. most of the crew. What's <laughs> the second thing? Just a few moments ago, the death pills were neutralized when a solar flare from a dying sun fries the nanomachine-based lymphocytes in the death pills, dissolving them immediately. <laughs> what? That sounds Star Trek. That's pretty Star Trek, yeah. B-plot, the crew wakes up with... Well, that was the preamble text. What happened with the A-plot? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't uh, know. B-plot, the crew wakes up with no memory of the last 96 hours. Okay. Weirder yet, the strange humanoid creature and Satan are nowhere to be found, so the crew decide to check the status of the ship and discover a box of scripts in the ship's storage unit and decide to act out an episode of a show called Sliders. Sliders. Um, I'm going to ditch that. <laughs> Why are they doing sliders? I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh no! Hold on, I'm gonna get my cat off of this desk. Give me, give me one second. I'm leaving, give him, leave it in. Leave this all in. Get leave down. it all in, right, Josh. You're the one editing, editing it. Of course, you can leave it in. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> it's staying in. We'll do it live. Um. Oh, jeez. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Salutation and best wishes from the space colony Gonzo, and apologies for the extremely long email, Jeff. You are the fucking best. <laughs> Look at that. I'll pitch, I'll pitch that. Uh, I was instructed, Jeff, pause to let Josh make a joke about how it's dick-sucking time. Oh. Is it? One twenty a.m. Sounds like dick-sucking time to me. <laughs> it's one twenty a.m. somewhere. Sincerely, Captain Third String Raul Duke, <laughs> a.k.a. Jesse Vulcan Pleasures Moss. This guy's got a lot of names. P.S. Also tell Tapon, I said, what's the deal with the blankets? And to give Jeff and Josh some goddamn amels and gold-pressed latinum. Amels? Amels. A-M-E-L-S. Is that a word I don't know? Or, or? Uh, it's a word I also don't know. Thank you for your confusing and entertaining email. Mm-hmm. Our next email is... Is from Jack Carpenter. Oh my god, the hot boy. The hot boy. <laughs> uh, it's entitled First Time, Long Time. What? Which is a lie. That's, yeah, <laughs> right, like every week, dude. Sup, <laughs> my guys. I hope all is well up in the satellite. Mm. I wanted to give some general thoughts on the DS9 episode Covenant, which I hope is the one you're currently on, or else I'm going to look like a big old dummy. Uh... A little full disclosure, I almost watched the Voyager episode again. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did didn't. it. I almost did it. Anyways, I just happened to be watching through DS9 again, so I jumped ahead to Covenant to give my mind a refresher, and it really yeah. solidified one thing. Gold Ducat is one of my absolute favorite characters in all Thank of Star Trek. you. Agreed. He's so fucking evil. I yeah. love it. He says he's an evil prick to the ultimate degree, yes. but he's at times extremely charming, almost to the point that you forget briefly how evil yep. he is. It's amazing. It's he am has a real talent for that, Mark Alamo yeah, does. Yeah, he's great at portraying that. Whatever that like word for that is, he's great at it. Uh, he's incredibly believable, and it's almost like when I remember how evil he is, my internal dialogue is sort of like, damn it, you got fooled again, you <laughs> fucking idiot meathead. <laughs> With, like, eight exclamation points. <laughs> He's a terrible person, but a great character, in my yeah, opinion. Man, agreed. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yep. You put it into the perfect words for it. Yeah. Also, yes. side note, and not that anyone's keeping track of this, but I think mm -hmm. I could say that DS9 has surpassed TNG as my favorite series ever. Yeah, man. It's DS9's fucking masterpiece, dude. I can't blame you. Yeah, I have a hard time with it. I mean, uh, TNG is like a really good vanilla ice cream, and I love vanilla ice cream a lot. Mm, vanilla is my favorite flavor of it's ice cream. It's delicious as fuck, and I love it. Um, but Deep Space Nine is like, I don't know, like chocolate. <laughs> like, I want chocolate, too. You yeah. know? It's like, if you're eating... Going back and forth, eating vanilla ice cream and chocolate ice cream, yeah. like, you're gonna be like, which one of these do I like better? Yeah, I They're can't so pick. Fucking good. I can't pick. Yeah, Voyagers like strawberry. Nobody likes strawberry. Here's a here's a pro <laughs> tip for you, Josh. You got Kroger where you're at? Uh, we don't have Krogers. Oh uh, well, Kroger has this thing called Kroger Selects ice cream. 
Okay. They have like a um, vanilla, like vanilla bean Kroger Selects ice cream. Yeah, is it good? And it is the best vanilla ice cream I've ever eaten in my entire life. We have a bougie hipster ice cream place here um, that sells different kinds of vanillas, and some of it's just mouthwateringly amazing. What's it's the, expensive as fuck, but it's what's the other good. type of vanilla? Not vanilla bean. It's like, um, there's a comp. There's a lot of vanilla. It's like super vanilla. Types of vanillas. Kroger Select vanillas. It's it's like the best I've ever had. Like I've had a million different types of ice cream, and I never yeah. thought like a fucking Kroger brand would be the best of anything. But sometimes you'll run into that, and you'll be like, oh, this brand is great. Yeah, it's so fucking good, dude. I want it so bad right now, and I went <laughs> to Kroger earlier, and like an idiot, I didn't get any. Oh, dude, that's the worst when you're like, I didn't get the thing. <laughs> Why didn't I get that? I forgot the good thing. Yeah, I do that I actually started with the intention of watching through TNG again, and for some reason wasn't feeling it at the time, so I switched to DS9, and it's even better than I remember. Yeah, man, you're doing it. This is what we do. This is what Jeff yeah. and I do all the time. The two series are incredibly, are obviously incredibly close, but the characters in Deep Space Nine are really doing it for me this time around, more than TNG. Yeah, man. They're great characters, man. Like, They're your I can't friends. Fault They're your anybody. best goddamn friends. That's why. Like, right now, TNG is my favorite, and I can't fault anybody whose favorite is Deep Space Nine, because sometimes yeah. Deep Space Nine is my favorite. I'm telling you, it's chocolate and vanilla, man. You can't pick yeah. one. You can't. Anyways, that's all your boy Jack has this week. Enjoy the NFL draft, Josh. Hopefully the birds pick well. They better. And Jeff, I'm <laughs> loving the new Ghost Planet account, bringing back some great memories. Yeah, Ghost Planet. It's uh, at Ghost Planet, but it's the L is an I. Confusing. That's the secret. Because at Ghost Planet was suspended for racism, so I couldn't <laughs> get it. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, signed Commander Jack Carpenter of the USS Virginia. Nice. This dude outranks the shit out of us. I know. Well, he outranks us physically too. Oh, for no fucking doubt. And handsomely, uh, it's just he's just better than us. He's just a better human being. Yeah. Outranked. He's like a he's like one of those genetically modified ones. Our next email is from Yakub. Yakub. And it is entitled Replicator One Cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, one? You will understand why, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Thanks to the Meow Class Podcast Patreon and <laughs> Jeff's amazing talents, I am now officially us? a cat. I mean, a Katian. Oh, nice. Under the section we all love, nap it or scratch it. <laughs> He's taking this cat. Oh, one really, cheese. I like, get it. Like I, I heart. I has cheeseburger. Is that? Yeah, I know, I right? It. I get it. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, what he's talking about is if you become a twenty dollar or higher patron uh -huh. on uh, Patreon, I believe it's twenty dollars or higher, you get a um, Federation ID card yeah. with art by me of you, a little portrait of you, and you can make me draw you as whatever. He wanted to be drawn as a Katian. That's cool. They're cool, man. And it was pretty dope. I've done uh, two humans, a Cadian, and a um, Andorian. Yeah, so but far. who did you draw, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> I did it with my wiener and not a pencil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, here's, so here's the nap it or scratch it. Okay. TOS. 
the Enterprise receives a repeating call from the USS Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. The message doesn't the specify the na- ship. <laughs> the message doesn't specify the nature of the distress, but requests urgent assistance. Bones and security team members beam onto the Cleopatra to find a harrowing scene. The Cadian captain's bowl is only half full. <laughs> Bones' cat allergies flare up, and the red shirts have to refill the bowl. <laughs> I would pitch that because I want to see Acadian in TOS. That would be fucking amazing. How would they do it? It would be incredible. It would look so terrible. It would be amazing. It It would just have like a fur hood on. It would be so great, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pitching the shit out of that. I'll pitch that because I live it every fucking day. <laughs> yeah, do you have allergies, though? N- I, I don't know if I'm allergic to cats. Crystal is. My wife is actually does allergic she take, to cats. Does she take she medicine? She's had cats her whole life. Yeah. Yeah, she takes some medicine. My mom does that. She takes medicine for cat allerg- allergies, and she has, like, like 40 cats. No, nah, she has, like, I'll, three cats. But I will uh, scratch that? Yeah, scratch, I think, is pitch, right? What's the other one? Nap it? What's nap? What is like take a nap? Like sleepy? Yeah. Like, scratch it then. I think that's the good one. The good one. I'll the good one it. <laughs> Our next. Uh, it's also he has another one from TNG. Okay. While patrolling the neutral zone, the Enterprise is called for an urgent mission. Picard declines at first, but Admiral Sinba is incessant. <laughs> it's, it <laughs> turns idiot. out the Enterprise is the only Federation <laughs> ship equipped for the harrowing task. <laughs> When our heroes arrive at their destination, the Cadians reveal that they need someone to clean their litter box planet, and Argo, the dune buggy, is perfect for the job. Uh, yo. Yo. (laughs) Pitch the fuck out of that. I like that they have a litter box planet. They all just hop on a ship to go shit. It's not like a continent. It's not just the whole planet's a litter box. Uh, yours, Chief of Scritchens, Yakub. <laughs> Alright, I'm loving this new Yakub, uh, Cadian personality. Amazing. Great. I'm gonna pitch that, of course, as well. Yeah, you get to see the Argo and more Cadians? Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, our next email is from Ensign Vol aboard the USS Tapons radio program. Okay. Hello, Vol. Um... He has a title which would cost me $10 to read, so I will abscond with my own $10. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, Turegboos! You guys were talking about In the Pale Moonlight last email episode, and it reminded me about how great an episode it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. I know. <laughs> it gave me an idea for a peyote. Oh, yeah. The episode would take place in a slight time skip after the Dominion War, where Jake became a successful writer and has his own family, and Cisco is now an admiral. Oh boy. Cisco visits Jake for a family gathering, a holiday or some other excuse for them to see each other again. Okay. They reminisce about DS9 and eventually talk about the Dominion War. Jake offhandedly mentions, boy, it sure was lucky that the Romulans allied with the Federation... And Cisco suddenly changes the subject, which makes Jake suspicious. Oh no, he's gonna investigate it. I think the episode could progress with Jake reuniting the other DS9 crew members and asking them about the Romulans' involvement in the war. Eventually, Jake pieces together what actually happened and confronts Cisco, culminating in Cisco having to face the arguably evil actions he did for the greater good. Hmm. I don't know if this is a good peyote or not. I'm not good at writing fiction, but I like the idea of Cisco facing his inner demons. I think that would be awesome. Um, I think. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. 
I got a perfect punch up for this. Yeah. It culminates in Jake confronting Cisco and Cisco explaining why he did it and what it cost. And Jake has to confront the fact that if he wants to be the successful, like. Yeah, he has to make tough choices. Like, if he wants to be the successful, like, newsman, that he yeah. wants to be a journalist, like, he should go public with this. But it will right. ruin his father's reputation if he does. It'll ruin the Federation, too. Yeah. And he realizes he has to come to grips with the idea that sometimes the truth isn't the best thing. Yes, I agree. I like that a lot. I would pitch the fuck out of that. Yeah. And I, I think that this the idea is really good. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think there should be more of Cisco being like, look, I can't tell you. <laughs> like, I legally, literally can't tell you. <laughs> like, and, like, Jake refusing yeah, to accept that. Like, yeah. it's, it's creating a rift in their personal relationship. Yeah, it's becoming well. a problem. Yeah. That's a good pitch, though. Pitch it or ditch Yeah, it. I like I'm that. I'm pitch it. I pitch that, too. I'm going to for sure pitch it. Mm hmm. Our last email of the night is, of course, no. from Rich. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Tapon. No. Oh, my God. This man hates Tapon. I don't hate Tapon. I love Tapon, but Tapon's emails are very Tapon. <laughs> Fucking um, what is the uh, what's the show? The uh, what show has the what you talking about Willis on it? Gary Coleman. Uh, what? Uh, what's happening? Not what's happening. Fuck. Uh, fuck. What is it called? Fucking Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. We're Let doing that. Yeah, we're doing it. that thing. Oh, fucking Gary Coleman. Different strokes. Different strokes. I don't know the theme to different strokes, and he's written Different out strokes are the something, something, different strokes, something like that. Uh, now, now the quad don't move to a solid uh, rule of thumb. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What might be right for Ben mm. might not be right, right for, for some. some. Yeah. The Jim Hadar, there are men of might, and with the and with Vorta drugs, <laughs> we'll keep them hopped up on the white, but they need liquid folks. It takes. There it is. Liquid folks. It takes liquid, liquid folks. folks to rule the world. <laughs> Everybody thinks they the need a part. life of freedom. We'll beat it out of them in time. Oh my god. Solids just don't understand the great link. It stinks, but we'll go hard on the Picard and then we'll win. Just don't let Flaky Odo in. Because it takes liquid folks to rule the world. Yes, it does. It takes liquid folks to rule the world. Flaky Odo. I did my best, everyone. <laughs> that was good. I've heard that song once in my entire life. That was really good. Let's hope they start making theme songs again, because I'm fast running out. <laughs> good point, Rich. Okay, a quick count. This is now 14 episodes of TNG Season 8. Oh my Are you guys God. getting bored of this yet? No. No. Do you want me to change it up a bit? Do a different series? I could rate these forever, I think. So I don't. if you want something different, you let me know. I don't I think you should do what you wanna do. I'm not a I'm not a liquid I'm not a liquid folk. I think you should free will. Yeah, I'm not a flaky Odo. Yeah, flaky Odo the bag man. <laughs> Everybody ready for story time? Oh god, yes. Put it in my veins. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard stands at the replicator in his ready room of the Enterprise-E and orders his usual, a monster energy drink and a line of cocaine. <laughs> what? 
Wait, this isn't a Kurtzman production. Edit that. <laughs> An Earl Grey. <laughs> Unfur- unfortunately, the computer is malfunctioning and gives him a bowl of plomeek soup. Ew. In his most strained voice, he asks Jordy over the comm when the computer core will be back up to efficiency. In engineering, LaForge's crew are working overtime to get the main computer back online after some technical glitches that are plaguing the ship. Like Plomeek soup, which is dishwater soup. Uh, it's delicious. Look, it's not delicious, really. It's just filling. It's it's filling? I would think it wouldn't be filling. It's made out it's, of nothing. It's filling, dude. It's like water it and It gives salt. you all the nutrients you need, but has no taste. Oh, well, that's everything the replicator makes. <laughs> He promises Picard it'll be within the next day, but when a console rupture happens behind him, he changes it to two. I better make it two, Captain. <laughs> a chime at his door makes the captain call off, cut off the call to engineering, and Riker and Lieutenant Hawk walk in. Oh, I love Hawk! A ship's tactical liaison to the fleet, Hawk tells Picard that they have received word from the 8th Contingent. Admiral Nechayev is on her way to meet with the flagship. Oh, for God's sakes, Bechayev is in this. <laughs> Don't let her hear you saying that on the air. <laughs> with a quip, Riker states that the Admiral is going to be very pleased with the Enterprise floating in space like a dead duck. Nice. And Picard says he'd be happy if the replicator didn't try to poison her. Whoa. With a smile, Hulk turns to the replicator and fixes it in a matter of seconds. What? How do you know I've how to do that? Been I've always been good with machines, Captain, he says. Foreshadowing. More like five-shadowing. <laughs> nice! I get it. Because of what happens to him. Because he gets board. borged up. But then he gets uh, floated into space forever. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Bye. <laughs> there's, a, uh, there's a part at the end of one of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure parts where the villain just floats through space forever. Oh, it's horrifying. And it says, eventually, he stopped thinking. That's damn like, fucking oh insane. That's horrifying. Uh, the USS Verity arrives to meet the Enterprise six hours later, and the Cheyev is forced to fly over by shuttle as the transporters are down. What? She uses the opportunity to hurl a thinly veiled insult at Picard and explains she has a mission for the Enterprise. If the fri- <laughs> a mission for the Enterprise, if the flagship is up for it. Oh boy, Necheyev. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Though the Romulans have signed a non-aggression pact with the Dominion, there are parts of the Senate that maintain that the best course of action would be to keep diplomatic ties with the Federation if possible. Mm-hmm. Picard comments that it seems a very Roman course of action, nice. not deciding who to ally with until it's of tactical advantage. Given dispensation for 48 hours, the Enterprise is to cross the neutral zone to the Romulan science station Tivet 5. The Romulans have unearthed an artifact and have asked for Picard because he has unique insight. I love this. I'm loving this. Picard asks if it's because of his archaeological expertise, but Necheyev says it's not. The artifact itself is something Picard might be familiar with. What? Over 600 year old and Borg in origin. No! Episode title, Futility. Oh, fucking shit. That's cool. (laughs) That's a sad title. (laughs) Yeah. Picard briefs the crew, and they're skeptical. The Romulan non-aggression pact with the Dominion was a blow, and now all of a sudden they want to just share Borg tech? It smells fishy. Picard agrees. While it would be amazing to think that the Romulans would be ready for a new relationship, this obvious ploy could be a trap. They're still getting over their ex. Still, (laughs) 
It's too intriguing an opportunity to turn down, and there's a part of Picard that needs to know. Yes. Indiana at Jones! The, <laughs> at the border, there's no warbird to meet them. No message waiting. Hmm. Weird. Even more ominous. Yeah, it's super weird. Picard orders them across the neutral zone and into Romulan space, the first official envoy in nearly a century. They arrive at Tevet 5 soon enough, but the station doesn't respond to hails. Despite Riker's protestations, mm-hmm. Picard leaves Troy in command. Someone stick the parking brake on so she doesn't crash the ship this <laughs> I was time. just going to say that. <laughs> well, watch out for some planets. And he joins the away team, going down to the station with Riker, Data, and Jordy. Life support and lights are on backup, and there are dead Romulans everywhere. Oh, God. They always are finding the dead Romulans. In the central lab, an artifact sits. Oh, God. Data confirms it is approximately 654 years old. And Jordy adds that it was active recently, but was powered down by the Romulans. Hmm. Picard enters the chamber, approaching the dead icon, a perfect sphere of Borg circuitry. Something inside him makes Picard reach out. Oh, God. It's going to bite you. tubules sprout from the sphere and inject him. No! As the captain convulses, Riker rushes to him and orders a beam out, but the station shields rays. Oh, God. The station's fucking full of shit. (laughs) Picard whispers to Will, they're not dead, as the Romulan scientists rise up. That's great. Still waiting. The away team fight off these odd proto-Borg Romulans as Geordi is able to lower the shields and beam the away team back. Rush to surgery, old Doc Crusher is able to stabilize the captain. (laughs) Old Doc Crusher. (laughs) Old Doc Crusher. (laughs) But confirms he's been infected with something techno-organic. Borg nanoprobes, asks Riker, fearing the worst. Yes and no, Crusher replies. What? The infection is not as complex in nature as the Borg assimilations they're used to, but it has activated previously hidden Borg markers in the captain's bloodstream. Oh god, it's just old Borg shit. (laughs) As if the artifact somehow knew he was in some way Borg. (gasps) Will asks if they can stop it, and Crusher admits she doesn't know. However, they can halt the progress temporarily with medication. Give him the drugs! Picard wakes, sitting directly upright and scaring his friends. Riker fills him in. At his CO's worried look, the captain confirms he's okay. (laughs) I'm fine, baby. (laughs) Shut up, baby, I know it. Shut up, baby, I know it. In engineering, Data and Geordi carefully work on the artifact behind level 10 force fields. Wow, that's the highest! But there's no need. It's dead. Whatever it contained has gone. What? Picard sits in sickbay, unable to sleep, and Beverly tells him to try and rest. He says that sleep won't solve the problem this time. Crusher smiles at him sadly, but their moment is interrupted by Red Alert. A Romulan warbird has just decloaked. It charges weapons and demands to know what Starfleet has done to its science station. Oh god, Romulans. (laughs) Picard dreams of a world like Earth, but more mechanized. He wakes, unable to decipher the meaning goes down to engineering, where Data is still working. Data explains the situation, and Picard explains it is a reliquary. A Borg history. What? How does he know, Data asks. Picard holds a graying hand out to his second officer, because he can hear it. Picard goes back to his quarters and is able to take the hypospray to halt the infection. Is about to take the hypospray to halt the infection. 
but sets it down. He doesn't want it. He wants to know because he's an archaeologist. He needs to know. He wants to be bored. He wants to know what it's going to tell him and show him. Oh my god, I'd do the same thing because I want to know. <laughs> Riker beams the Romulan commander aboard to explain the situation, who is appalled that the Federation have killed Romulans and stolen technology owned by the Star Empire. Yeah, great. That's what they did. <laughs> they give the ship three hours to give it back, give back the tech, or they'll <clears throat> call in the fleet. Sure, you can have it. There's nothing in it. <laughs> Riker explains he can't. The information is in Picard. No, that was stupid. Don't tell him. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. That was not a good idea. No matter, says the Romulan. They'll take the captain instead. Of course. As soon as the Romulan is back aboard his own ship, the warbird surprise attacks the Enterprise. Mm, I'm really <laughs> tired. I'm not showing because I don't yeah, love the story. It's one third. It's two in the morning. <laughs> he attacks the Enterprise and disables them. Captain Picard wanders the corridors of the ship distractedly and passes Deanna, who can sense something or someone else in him. She Captain, stops did him your and he explains he bigger? was talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you oh for noticing. God. <laughs> thank you for noticing. I've been trying. <laughs> I've been working out. She stops him and he explains he was talking with the society the Borg came from. What? When she asks if his medication is working, he admits he stopped taking it, eager to find the Borg's origins and potentially a weakness. Told you. What about his life, she asks. Compared to defeating the Borg, he says, one life is Futile. irrelevant. Oh, fuck, he's doing it! <laughs> On the bridge, Lieutenant Hawk confirms that more warbirds are approaching. Great. Data, Geordi, and Crusher work tirelessly on an approach to free Picard from the encroaching Borg infection. But when the captain finds out, he orders them to stop. He goes to see Will, begging him to let the infection take its course. He's so close to finding out the Borg's oh, origins, yeah. and they can finally stop them. Will refuses, confining Picard to quarters. Oh, God. The Romulans beam an away team down to the science station, who are quickly, who are quickly assimilated and are quickly Borgified. Way to go, dinguses. The warbird getting overrun while the crew of the Enterprise can do nothing but try and repair the ship and help the captain before the Borg assimilate them, too. Shit. Data works out that by flooding the artifact with false biological information, they can coax the infection back into the artifact. Whoa. After the Borg infection is back where it belongs, Data beams it back down to the science station. But the Romulan-slash-Borg ship interrupts the transporter beam, taking the reliquary back to their ship. I'm trying, everybody. I'm trying. You got it. <laughs> Just as the Romulan ship powers up and attempts to destroy the Enterprise, the Warbirds reinforcements arrive and blow the assimilated ship to bits. Oh my god. Picard is back on his feet and explains the situation to his Romulan counterpart. Appeased, the Romulans choose to obliterate the station from orbit and demand the Enterprise leave their space. <laughs> Later, Beverly inter... inter Later, Beverly enters Picard's quarters... Mm -hmm. And apologizes for the crew disobeying. And then Picard enters Beverly's quarters. Whoa, her hindquarters. He didn't write that. He tells Beverly he almost had it. He almost had the answers. Nice. She leaves him with this. If we sacrifice one more life to the Borg that we could have saved, they've already won. Damn, Beverly. Feel the so beavers. So I started out trying to write my inner light slash Darmok and ended up writing a proto-Borg story. I love oh, it. Oh, well, one of these days. I love it. I love that it makes you uh, you want to see the Borg. Like, it's a mystery. It's great. I love it. 
like you are in the same seat Picard is. Yeah. You want to see it run its course so that yeah, but they can find out where the board came from, but you don't want him to Then die. you lose Picard. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's great. I love I'm it. I'm going to hyper pitch it as always. Yeah, great. Pitch it again. I love it. All right, you crazy kids. Speak to you in a fortnight. Signed, Rich. Crystal Chandelier Fitter for the Shalak Corporation. <laughs> Seriously, these dudes sit in crystal thrones. <laughs> oh, the Shellyak? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Shellyak. Those, those, mu- those gross mud It auto corrected to yeah, Shalak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got it, I got it. Shellyak, okay. <laughs> These dudes are in crystal thrones. Every email... I always leave the email from Rich to last, yeah. even if we've it's not the last one we get, because I feel like the story time is the perfect ending. Yeah, it's podcast. a great ending for the show. I agree with that. I don't think you have to do anything differently, Rich, unless you want to. Yeah, man. Because we love what you're doing. Yeah, it's great. Great, great, as always. And, uh... You know, I'd like to thank everybody who wrote in today because you all wrote in something special and I felt it in my heart. I I didn't understand it sometimes. I felt it in my boner. I felt it in my two boners. How about that? Nice. Send me a picture. <laughs> Click! Okay. He did it! It's coming! <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> the time has come and so have and I. And so have I. You know, if you'd like your email read on the air, you can ship that bad boy over to mclassemail at gmail.com. All singular, like it's always been. Never not been that way. (laughs) Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at mclasspodcast. And you could have gotten this episode of M-Class Email a week early if you were a patron over on our Patreon. Yeah, you'd have known all the secrets. I think it's $5 a month gets you this early and another podcast on top of Damn, it. Damn, dude. Jeff and Josh shoot the shit. That's a great deal. We talk about whatever the fuck we want on that one. Yeah, it's not just Star Trek talk on that one. We talk about whatever. Doesn't matter. We talk about uh, movies. We talk about other things. We talk about each other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> whatever. I don't remember what we talk about on them, but it's fun. We did. And people seem to like it. Which one did we do with Kevin? I don't remember. I think we talked about Longmire with Kevin. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> or most of it Ironic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can head on over to patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, and for as low as $1 a month, you get access to a Discord full of the coolest people. Most of the people who write into us hang out yeah, in the Discord. It's real. it's really awesome. Um, great people in there. You get um, all kinds of wallpapers made out of the art. For episodes, you get all kinds of shit for just a dollar. Yeah. Just a dollar. And for a little bit more dollars, you can get all kinds of other shit. Mm-hmm. So head on over there. Patreon.com slash podcast. Do it. And uh, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in and listening. I'd like to thank Josh for being my pal and my co-host. Thank you, Jeff. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, buddy. The real Star and Trek relationship that works is ours. That's true. The writers wrote us. That's the one that works. Yeah. I try us. not to think about it because it makes me feel that I'm a fake creature. I'm like Benny, and I'm just writing the last sentence of the book, and it's me... And Jeff smooching. 
You know what's fucked up? At my 2 a.m. haze when you said Benny. Yeah. For some reason, Benny the Ball from Top Cat popped into my <laughs> That's head. That's like the most random thought I don't know why. I was just like fucking like from Top Cat? Oh no, you mean Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you in one week for more M-Class goodness. Bye! Bye-bye. Bye-bye.